So do you have a critical voice in your head, the one that consistently talks to you like, you know, you're a piece of, you know what? Self-criticism is a devastating habit for many people, and it doesn't just affect us. It affects those around us. So listen in for six ways that we can corral that critical voice and change how we treat ourselves, which actually affects those around us. Hi, I'm Brenda Reese, freedom and forgiveness coach and a person just like you that is learning to navigate life and all of its challenges. I teach a forgiveness process like no other. It's a blend of practical and spiritual forgiveness. This process guides you into knowing how unforgiveness can be keeping you stuck in your relationships, both personally and professionally, and how it prevents you from releasing resentment and finding joy. Each week, I share practical and some not-so-practical tips, tools, and advice from myself and other people that are on this journey just like us. This is for you if you are ready to turn your pain into peace. Welcome to the Forgive Yourself Podcast. Self-criticism is a devastating habit for many people. It's not victimless behavior either. You know, although they say that a healthy dose of self-criticism can drive improvement, what it really does, though, is causes psychological damage. Most people realize sooner or later that they are their own worst critics. More than anybody else, they focus on their failures and flaws while excluding their successes and their virtues. So how can you move on from these self-defeating thoughts? Can you actually become a friend to yourself instead of your own worst critic? The answer is yes. And here are six different practices that can help you overcome self-criticism and foster more thoughtful and kind and mindful thoughts. Number one, instead of being your own worst critic, how can you be a friend to yourself? Okay, so how can we be a friend to ourselves? So when your friends come to you with problems, how do you treat them? Do you blame them for their circumstances? Are you cruel or nagging towards them? If you are, you need to stop that. That's not nice. (laughs) But chances are you are very compassionate and caring. People generally treat their friends with love and compassion in trying times. So why not direct that same compassion towards yourself, at least sometimes, right? Learn to regard yourself as a person within this universe, just like your friends, and recognize that sometimes your problems are beyond your control. Then spend each day encouraging yourself and taking steps to overcome those problems or situations. So you can start with looking at yourself in the mirror. Here's a little exercise and saying, Hey, Brenda. Okay, you don't have to say, hey, Brenda, you can use your own name, just say it. Or you can say, hey, Brenda, if you'd like. Um, But say, hey, Brenda, you are more than enough. Brenda, you matter to your kids. You matter to me. You matter to your friends and your family. You're smart. You're intelligent. Whatever it is, 
that you feel that you criticize yourself a lot around. For me, it shows up a lot around not mattering or thinking I'm enough. There's some comparison that can go on when I'm criticizing myself. Now, I want to say that when we talk in third person, I know it sounds really weird, but when we talk in third person to ourselves, our brains interpret it differently. It's scientifically proven that it's like you talking to a friend, like someone's talking to you. Our brain doesn't recognize that it's us. So it doesn't reject the kind words as easily as if, you know, you're saying it to yourself in your head, even though you are, right? So you're talking to yourself, but your brain doesn't realize it's talking to itself. It thinks someone else is talking to it. I think that's pretty cool. And remember that you are not alone in this self-criticism. We all do it. Every single one of us. So don't be afraid to get you know, comfort or guidance from a trusted friend, a loved one, or a coach or a therapist, because we all need some guidance sometimes. And sometimes we don't know what that critical voice is saying exactly to us until it's reflected back to us from someone else saying, hey, you say that to yourself all the time. That is so helpful. Now, number two, journaling. Now, this is another practice that is proven to help us with self-criticism. I know, I know. You may not like the idea of journaling. I've got clients that like it and some go, no, I'm allergic to it. But, you know, if you don't like the idea of journaling, have you ever asked yourself why? That's a good thing to journal about. (laughs) I crack myself up. Okay, so now some people may not like the idea of keeping a journal. However, The practice has several benefits. First, journaling can take you outside of yourself. Writing your thoughts, feelings, maybe even routines in a book can help you gain additional perspective on your life. In doing so, you can learn to see yourself in a more compassionate light. Journaling can also help you gain confidence. So if, you know, if you keep a record of your progress, your growth, your successes, even things you feel you failed at, it gives you something to look back on. And the bonus is that you see your progress, but it can also, this is what they say, strengthen your writing and communication skills. I thought that was kind of cool. Studies actually demonstrate that journaling helps to reduce stress and anxiety. These emotions are the ones that fuel, right? They add fuel to the fire of self-criticism. And they are showing that the act of writing helps you with, now get these, better memory recall, because you are writing your own words. You are activating the parts of the brain involved in thinking and working memory, which helps you store and manage information. The movement of the pen encodes the information long-term. That's pretty cool. Another one is you're more exposed to critical thinking when you write by hand. It allows you to think more thoroughly and it encourages you to expand your thoughts and form connections to your feelings. When you have that connection, you're able to move the energy quicker and more efficiently. And a third one is you develop a stronger conceptual understanding because handwriting forces your brain to mentally engage with the information. Because when you're typing it, it can be mindless. So you don't have a connection to what is being written. 
Now, our third practice for self-criticism, or actually to get rid of self-criticism, is to practice mindfulness. Now, a lot of you I know are probably experts at this, but I just want to remind you that when we're able to foster mindful thoughts, it can help us to balance our critical voice. Most of the time, people with too many self-defeating thoughts remain focused in their past. They recall their past failures and mistakes, and they believe that these determine who they are and their self-worth today. Can you relate to that? I definitely can. Now, this can prove disastrous to your progress because becoming stuck in the past can keep you from moving toward the future that you are desiring to create. Instead of contemplating so much on the past, which you can't change, think about the present. Living in the present moment helps you accept who you are now and decide who you'd like to be in the future. Now, this is mindfulness, right? You are more than likely familiar, you know, with the mindful practices. Yet, for those that want to refresh, let's just talk about one, which is breathing. Now, it's a very inexpensive way to calm our minds and get present, yet it's the number one thing that we don't do. Have you ever kind of caught yourself taking a big breath like, <gasps> because we haven't really been breathing? <laughs> I do that when I'm stressed or overwhelmed. I was noticing that a lot over this last year. You know, our breath is with us all the time, and we can actually take, we can do this one to two minutes and take some deep breaths. Yes, you can find one to two minutes to breathe deeper than normal when you are feeling overwhelmed or start that barrage of self-critical language in your head. Because what this does is it allows you to gain a fresh perspective on yourself and your situation, seriously, just by taking some deep breaths. It helps you to bring in compassion and kindness for yourself, which actually helps bring kindness to those around you also. So don't forget that, because I don't know about you, but when my critical thoughts start happening in my head, I'm not only grumpy to me, but I can be really kind of grumpy to other people because then I'm defensive. Then I feel bad about myself. So there's shame. So what do we do? We either withdraw or attack. So taking a few breaths is a win-win for all of us. Now, number four in our practices is self-care. It is imperative to take time for self-care. Now, I'm again, I'm not talking massages and bubble baths, even though I highly recommend them and they should be on your list. I'm talking about getting up from your desk and walking outside. I know you're thinking, Brenda, you don't know how busy I am and you barely have time to go to the bathroom. I get it. Yet, who is telling you that, that you don't have enough time, you're too busy? Is that the judging voice in your head that tells you that someone else will get your job or so-and-so is working faster than you or if you take that break, then the boss will be angry? That may not be the present scenario. It could be the remnants of the beliefs formed in your younger years. Now, if the boss is telling you not to take breaks, then you need to consider another job, I'm just saying, right? Because there's nothing wrong and it's actually legal for us to take breaks. 
but there's nothing wrong with taking time to practice self-care. The important piece to remember is that self-care does not weaken your productivity. On the contrary, my friends, it gives you the strength and mental fortitude to perform your duties excellently. Again, it gives you the strength and mental fortitude to perform your duties excellently instead of haphazardly because we're not taking care of ourselves and we just need to get it done. Self-care ultimately focuses on making positive changes in yourself. Now, with this mindset, you can recognize that you're able to hear that critical voice better, right? You'll be able to catch it quicker and quiet it down versus giving into it because you're taking self-care and mindfulness. Now, an idea to get you going on self-care is like we talked about above, taking time to take those breaths, even if you have to go into the bathroom to do it, getting up from your desk every hour, yes, you can, set an alarm on your phone or watch and move that body. Take your breaks, walk at lunch. This is for your mental health. You know, whether you're in the office building or at home, you can walk down the street, you can walk down the stairs, go grab some water. Studies are showing that short bursts of movement actually increase your productivity and mental health. It doesn't have to be a 40-minute walk. You can get up for 5 to 10 minutes. Now, you can go ahead and schedule that massage or facial or Reiki treatment, highly recommended, and not have to rush into it, but schedule it. Make time in your calendar for it. But remember that what we talked about, about taking breaks and breathing and being mindful is for your mental and physical well-being. Because what this does, the benefit of this, is it promotes self-kindness, compassion, and mindfulness practices that keeps us present so we aren't so focused on the past where we can beat ourselves up for. We can be present. And in the present moment, there's really nothing wrong with us. Now, if we do not do it for ourselves, we will not do it towards others, right? Being kind. And that's a shame. You deserve a break today. Wasn't wasn't that a McDonald's commercial or something? (laughs) You don't have to go there, but I think you get it. Number five, express gratitude regularly. So when you're your own worst critic, your self-critical voice often blames you for qualities you lack. Maybe you want to develop some of those qualities that the critical voice is saying you lack. Maybe so. Yet, there is a better way to do it by focusing on the good circumstances and qualities you currently have rather than beating yourself up about it. Gratitude can have a tremendous impact on how you see your life. So how can you foster gratitude in your daily life? Well, there are gratitude lists. Now, I like to start my clients off with writing five things in the morning that they are grateful for or looking forward to during the day. What this does is twofold. It gets your mind focused on a positive, and it also sets you up for better energy for the day. If I'm excited about something, if I'm grateful for, oh, meeting a friend after work, or if I get to visit with a client that day that I really enjoy 
that actually starts giving me those wonderful dopamine hits because I am setting myself up for excitement during the day, something I'm grateful for. Then you can write at least five things at nighttime that you were grateful for during the day. Now, when you develop this practice, you know, you're going to start looking for things to add to your list each day. It's amazing. And to make it extra fun, you can get your friends involved or your family or even on social media. This helps you be accountable to writing the list each day. And it also helps you think about more things to be grateful for, especially when you read other people's lists. Another option is to express gratitude to the people in your life. Simply saying thank you more frequently can help you realize how fortunate you are and you also make somebody else's day. And number six, we can challenge our negativity. A lot of times people accept their thoughts as facts. People readily believe the thoughts pertaining to them and their identities, and this can prove dangerous when you believe every negative idea in your mind. Have you heard that saying, don't believe everything you think? So this is your practice for this one. Ask whether that thought is really true or not. Now, fortunately, you don't have to acknowledge these thoughts, right, as truth. We don't have to. Because we can actually question those thoughts by asking, like I just said, if they are actually true or not. But you can also respond to them with a more uplifting thought or affirmation. Countering these thoughts with positive affirmations can disrupt your negative mindset. It does need to be something that you can be willing to believe, though. Because if you have a regular practice of critical statements and feelings, you want to start out with this word, willing. That's what makes this different. So you're going to start out with the word willing instead of an absolute statement. So if you're used to saying, what a jerk I am, or, oh, God, I'm so stupid, okay, you can counter with, I'm willing to believe that I'm not a jerk, or I'm willing to believe that I'm a nice person. If you say, oh, God, I'm so stupid, okay, that's, I catch myself saying that. You can counter with, I am willing to believe I'm not stupid, or I'm willing to believe that I'm actually pretty smart. And then you can always add, I'm willing to believe that I can change the way I talk to myself. Now, I want you to try this because I want you to feel the difference and hear the difference when you say, I'm such a jerk. Then say, I'm willing to believe I'm not a jerk, or I'm willing to believe that I'm a nice person. Can you feel a difference just by me saying that with that word willing? I love this word. And all we have to do is be willing to be willing to try it. See, the brain doesn't quite know what to do with willing, so it doesn't throw it out like it would an absolute statement. Like if we tried to say, I'm not a jerk, brain's going to go, yeah, you are, and here's the reasons why. But if you say, I'm willing to believe I'm not a jerk, the brain goes, what? 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 You know, so try it. I'd love to know how this works for you. So to recap, 
We have six practices that we can do to help us with the self-criticism. One, be a friend to yourself. Talk to yourself in the mirror in third person. You can trick your brain. Number two is journaling. It connects you to you and it can actually help you use both sides of your brain. Remember, it increases your memory. Number three, take time to be mindful. Remember to breathe. I know you hear that a lot, but please try it because you have the time to take one to two minutes. You deserve it and it's life-changing. Number four, practice self-care. Get up from that desk and catch and counter your critical self-talk. Number five, express gratitude daily. It can actually give you a dopamine hit along with setting yourself up for a great day and ending your day with some kindness. Remember, when we are kind to ourselves, we are kinder to others. And number six, we can challenge our negativity. Don't believe everything you think and counter that negative talk with using the word willing. So we get to teach ourselves and learn how to become an ally to ourselves. Self-defeating thoughts can turn you into your own worst critic. However, you don't have to accept this condition at all. These suggestions can help you change your mindset and lead a more fulfilling life. This is a huge part of this self-forgiveness and self-acceptance. We're human, and we are going to be judgmental to ourselves and others, and what we can do is learn to catch it and turn it around quicker. A lot of us aren't trained to do this, so as adults, we get to learn it, and we are all learning together. So remember, you do not have to do this alone. Wrangle in your friends or your partner to do these practices with you to help you be accountable, or reach out to a coach or a therapist if you want extra guidance. There are many courses and group programs that work great for changing how we talk to ourselves. Remember, you are worth being kind to you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, would you do me a favor and share this episode and then follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss one episode of the Forgive Yourself podcast, where every Friday you will get tips, tools, and stories so that you can turn your pain into peace. Take care.